You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. found your way to the Father's house on Father's Day. Come on, somebody. How many of you know the Lord is a good, good dad? <laughs> Come on. Listen, they can say that, uh, honestly, uh, I was listening to a sermon by Chris Fowlton, and he can say, like, the, the roots, I would say probably almost all of the roots of the issues in our nation can be followed back to fatherlessness. In our, in our communities and in, uh, in our nation. Uh, that's why dads are so, so important. And I believe as, as we can try to restore uh, fathering to our nation at first, um, we can uh, try to restore the fatherhood of God to the church first, amen? And we'll see God will look to him as father, not just as king, not just as judge, but as Abba. Come on, somebody. Can we just say Abba? You know why that word says Abba? Because Abba is like a little kid saying Daddy. I know that might make you feel awkward, but it shouldn't. The only reason that makes you feel awkward because maybe we've just been raised in some religious system where we've picked up a religion instead of a relationship, and that's why it's weird to call him dad. But maybe today, or I believe today, that you can pick up that intimate relationship with him as Abba. Can we just say Abba? And I'm not preaching on Father's Day, actually. Um, so anyways, happy Father's Day. I do have a book I want to give out um, it's a new book we're going to have at our bookstore. By the way, we call the bookstore uh, the left part of the welcome desk. <laughs> That's the bookstore. You're probably wondering, where is this bookstore at? It's the left area of the welcome desk. There's books, and we have a lot of resources for you guys. So if you're like, hey, I'm hungry. I want to grow in my faith. I want more resources. I want to dive in. Go to the bookstore. Grab those books. Read every book that we have. Um, but first, I want to give away this new book. It's called Grace Marriage. Um, it's actually by a local uh, pastor, I think he's a pastor. I know he's an elder, Brad Rhodes. Uh, he gave up his uh, job, I'm pretty sure, as a lawyer. Is that right, somebody? And he's just completely pouring his life out to help build strong marriages in the church. Amen? Let it not be so um, that the, the same divorce rate is in the church that it is in the world. Come on, somebody. We want to see that begin to shift and change. Somebody say, not my kids. Amen. So I want to give away this book to the couple, the married couple who's been married for the least amount of time. Who are you? So if you've been married for less than, if you've been married for less than a year, raise your hand. Boom. Okay. Less than six months. I know we have another. So you're the only one less than a year. No one else less than a year. Boom. Come on down. Come on. Here, Carter here, run this to her. Come on. Put all that gym time to use, boy. Awesome. Another thing really quickly is we have some dad's root beer for the guys, for the dads. When you leave, there's some root beer. There'll be a wheelbarrow out there. Give you a little root beer. We love you. Bless you. We didn't feel, we didn't feel like you guys wanted roses. Um, and so we got your root beer on your way out. Grab a root beer. Also, there's a wheelbarrow out there I just wanted to give away. We usually put the root beers in the wheelbarrow, and I thought I'd just give that wheelbarrow away. Um, and I honestly, 
Um, is there a, a married couple, a, a young married couple who just bought their first home? Anybody? Right back here? Just bought your first home and you'd like, is that you? And your realtor's over here. Come on, somebody. Is, is your husband here? Okay. Well, he like a wheelbarrow. It's yours. All right. He's going to be like, what in the world? Listen, you can just tell him. You, you don't even have to tell him that you got it from here. You can just be like, happy Father's Day. Boom. Got it. Have you ever noticed I take the rest of the flowers every year and give them to my wife? You know, it's just, you know, it's how that works. So a wheelbarrow's yours. All right. I'm sure it'll fit right in the backseat of your car. No problem. We totally thought that through. Um, <laughs> probably not at all. You're going to have to probably come get it sometime. Anyways, we'll move on. Um, so, happy Father's Day. Um, man, I got plenty of time today. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Um, I'm excited. My kid, I woke up and my kids um, wrote me some little Father's Day notes and drew me a little picture one thing I didn't like is that Mercy drew Carter bigger than me for some reason. And I, I told him, I said, don't even show him that this morning, you know, because he's on this kick where, you know, he's just waiting for the day that he's going to be taller than me. He's like a half an inch shorter than me right now. And um, he's going to stay that way in Jesus' name. He, um, sorry, buddy. He'll outgrow me in the spirit, but maybe not in height. That's maybe the way of Jesus. So anyways, yeah, she was, he was way bigger than me in the picture too. I'm like... This isn't proportional at all, you know. So, anyways, um, I got to be celebrated this morning. Um, um, okay. How many of you have plans for the dad in your life today? Anybody? You got some plans? Come on, dad. Uh, here's one thing. Let me give you all some advice. Dads, we, we just want respect. Just give us a good affirmation. Man, you're such a good man. Look at you, man. You're looking strong. Them arms looking big today. Stuff like that. It's really that simple. Most of us are that shallow. But anyways, um, it's all I need. It's Maddie to be like, oh, you're amazing. Love you so much. Man, the gym's really working, Mike. You know, I'm good the rest of the day. Um, so anyways, before we get started, we should probably pray. Uh, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are a father, that you are Abba, and we are your children, and we are sons and daughters, rooted in family. It's not just a cool slogan, but it's actually what the Bible says, that you've came to build a family and to build your kingdom. So, Lord, I just thank you today that you would speak through me, that you would anoint me this morning, God, that you would give me the words to say, that you'd help me to flow with your Holy Spirit this morning as revelation comes into this room, more than information. But, God, we thank you for revelation, that people would pick up revelation, that you'd give them ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's lift out our hands like this in front of us to receive. We're just going to pray for manna to come down from heaven. Come on, somebody. Um, just say this. I receive anything that's from Jesus and anything else. I don't want it. Amen. Isn't that good? Come on. How many of you know if it's from Jesus, you want it? Amen. Awesome. So this past week, um, Honestly, for the, a while now, uh, we have four kids. Uh, we have three smaller kids. I have a 15-year-old, um, 
you know, if we've had Carter back in our lives, you know, since he was six years old, so we got little kids, we got kids up to 15, and, and honestly, how many of you know our lives are pretty hectic? And we also have the church and all this stuff going on, and uh, we got a lot going on. You know, it's always funny to me. I'm like, man, people are like, man, we're too busy to serve at the church. We're, super, we're too busy for this stuff. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy because actually we're super busy. But you still make time to do things that are priorities. Amen? And I was praying, and, and this past week, I took a week off. Uh, I, took, I did a staycation, mainly because of finances, honestly. Just went home and just be with my family. And I turned my phone on personal. How many of you know if you turn your phone on personal, it actually doesn't ring? It's wonderful. Some people were like checking on me like, man, did he die or something? Nope. Um, but I turned my phone on personal for the first time in probably seven years. And, and I really just disconnected, got along with my family. I got off all social media and just really just, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't really do anything, you ready? Like real spiritual. How many of you know that being with my family and loving on my kids is just as spiritual as reading my Bible? Right? Some of you are like, oh, I don't know. Is it? Yes, it is. When I live out the gospel, that's the whole goal of reading the Bible is to take what I'm reading and to apply it to my life. And I started to spend time with my family. And, and man, God, just, God actually began to speak to me in my dreams, in my sleep. Uh, he gave me direction for two things in our church, literally while I was asleep, resting. And the Lord began to speak to me, as you rest, I'm still working. <laughs> and it's just amazing to see what he's been putting together. Um, so I was with my wife probably the third day. And we have little kids. And how many of you know, like, People are like, oh, take your kids to the beach. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Sounds great and all, but I'm not about to drive 16 hours with these monsters. That's not relaxing, okay? Uh, and then we, and we know there's a difference between like family trips and, uh, and then me and Maddie actually getting some rest. And as I was sitting, actually, I was in the car. I was in our driveway and I was looking at Maddie and I felt the Lord, we were thinking about, man, our, what our next home is going to look like and thinking about, you know, what the next season of our life will look like and thinking about, well, when our kids get to this age, then other people can watch them easier and then we'll be able to have more time together. We'll travel a little more. And the Lord just spoke to me immediately and he said, Michael, stop wishing your life away. And I was like, oh, I thought I was supposed to be on a break, Lord. I don't need correction on this break. <laughs> But how many of you know if it's from him, it's always good, it's always edifying? How many of you know that edifying doesn't always mean somebody pats you on the back and says, good job? Edifying is to build you up. So when he said, hey, stop wishing your life away, he's actually edifying me. And that is a good word. That edification is to build me up. And he's saying, hey, stop wishing your life away. I looked at Maddie and I said, man, oh, the Lord just said, stop wishing your life away. And what he was saying was, I want you to be present in this moment in your life. I want you to find the gold and the blessings. And I want you to learn the lessons and pass the test of everything I'm trying to get to you. You can only get in this season of your life. And I want you to get a hold of it. And even more than that, I want you to be thankful for it. And I want you to be excited about it. And I'm like, man, yes, Lord. And then the Lord said something even crazier to me after that. He said, Michael, he said, make sure when you're dreaming about your future, you're including me. I was like, shoot. I wasn't even in a big prayer moment. I wasn't even at church. I was just in my car. I think we'll get some tacos, I think. And come on, somebody. I know what I'm getting for Father's Day. Glory to God. And the Lord said, some of you might not have an understanding of, well, the Lord talks. He does talk. 
And the whole Bible is full of him speaking to his people and he's still speaking today. He is the God who speaks. And predominantly, he speaks through his word and by his word. And you have to know the word because he won't speak contradictory to his word. And he said, Michael, stop dreaming dreams that I'm not included in. And what he was saying to me is, I'm not really that um, worried about your comfort. You know, you might want to have a lake house one day and have a boat and be able to, you know, do your own thing and just have this great life. But have you asked me what I want to do with your life? What about people like Heidi Baker? who gave up, she's got a medical doctor degree who gave up a wealthy lifestyle in childhood and moved to the poorest nation on the earth and has spent her life on the gospel, right? And, it does, and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't need time to rest and recover, but that's what the Lord's saying. Don't wish your life away. So I have a couple things I want to impart to you today is I want us to slow down and learn how to find joy and gratefulness and find the beauty in where we're at right now. And then the second thing I want you also today, I want us to get, is that um, we would learn to pass the test that God is trying to get us to pass in this season. Because I'm telling you today, if you don't pass the test he's trying to get you to pass now, you'll continue to meet the same test. You'll continue to meet it. How many of you know if you, if you fail and you don't have enough credits in your sophomore year, they don't just say, oh, it's no big deal, let him go ahead and be a junior. How many of you know if you don't have enough high school credits, I think in Kentucky it's 22, I believe. If you don't have enough high school credits, how many of you know they're not like, okay, it's fine, giving them a diploma anyways, right? They say, no, you first have to pass some things that at this age you were supposed to have these things, you don't have them, so you still have to get them. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, I don't want to take the ACT. Well, then you're not going to college. And then you can get mad all day at the system. Oh, I don't think the ACT. I think the SAT is a joke. And I think this is this and this. Or you can humble yourself and realize that you have to pass the test that's in front of you to get to the next level of your life. And I see this far too often. So I want to get the test. And my goodness, I have a million tests right now of patience in my life with these kids. About 100,000 every day. I'm learning what that scripture means to forgive 70 times 7. Every day, when my little kids look at me and say, no. I know you guys are so much more holier than me. So, as I was praying and looking into this, um, we'll start with this. Let the Lord say, be present in the moment. Somebody say, present. The reality is, even, come on, guys, we can be serious. Even right now, some of, these are, some of you aren't present. And the reason why we're waiting to get out of church is because we're not even being present in the moment. We're waiting to worship to be over because you're not present in worship. The reason why I'm getting bored sometimes, I want to escape at my house, because I'm, I'm, and Maddie will tell me. I mean, I've been through so many seasons, and back and forth, getting off social media, back on social media, off social media, back on social media, and Maddie will tell me the same thing all the time. You ready? I want you present. You see what I'm saying? How many of you know that not even on my phone, but I can be thinking of work. Come on, somebody. You can be thinking of things you got to do tomorrow. You can be thinking of the things you got to plan next week. And the next thing you know, you're still not present. And you're missing out on maybe the, the movie you need to watch with your wife, the movie, the game you need to play with your children, that, that just go sit in the bed and just watch it. You're missing out on something that, let me say this, God has a gift in this season that he was trying to give you. 
He's not trying to make you, God's portion for us in every season of life is not discontentment. His portion is always contentment. He's not saying, yeah, I understand this season's really, really hard and it's just gonna suck the whole time, sorry. He's saying, no, there's access to some gifts in this season that you're not gonna get in the next season. There's access to, there's access to this three-year-old who, who just wants to be with me all the time and, and when she gets five and she might change some of that and then I'm gonna be like, crap, I missed that. You know what I mean? And how many of you know as older parents and stuff, you can't get some of these things back. And even in our older age, there's, God's trying to give you the gift of a good marriage even in your older age. And he's trying to give me this gift of my kids, the simplicity of just calming down, slowing down, and playing bluey cards. Even though Mercy tends to like to cheat, it seems like. <laughs> and I told her yesterday, she said, Daddy, will you play with me? I sat down, I played with her, I turned over two cards. She turned over two cards immediately and looked right at me. It was a memory game. I said, you cheated? And she, okay. Come on, how many of you know we don't like to lose? <laughs> I'm very competitive. I don't like to lose. I'm that guy. I won't be a sore loser, but I want to play you again. <laughs> All right, you won. Let's go again. <laughs> Pastor Daryl knows. <laughs> you won. Let's play again. I won. Let's play again. You know? But, but there, how many of you know there's some things you can only learn when you lose? You know what I mean? And I, I started... I say, I've, I've told you guys this before, but when I was 12 years old, my 12-year-old baseball team went 0-12. For some of you in the room, that's it's the opposite of undefeated. We were undefeated at losing. <laughs> we were the best losers. <laughs> that's one way to look at it. That's how a good mom would tell you. You're, you're the best at losing. But there were some things I learned in that season. What did I learn? That baseball wasn't necessarily my best sport. And now we're giving out participation trophies, which is actually creating an orphan mind in our kids where everybody thinks they're good at everything instead of learning that, hey, your value doesn't come from sports, it doesn't come from any of this, it comes from him. And when something doesn't go your way, you'll have an opportunity to learn. So I was thinking about, let me stay on track a little bit. Does this make sense? And I started to me, I don't want to lift my, wish my life away. I want to be present in the moment. I started thinking about the Israelites in Exodus chapter 12. And it goes on all the way through uh, um, the rest of Exodus. But this is when God gets the Israelites. They're in captivity to Israel. And he starts taking them. Um, he goes, raises up Moses, says, hey, you're going to go get my people. You're going to set them free. And then finally Pharaoh agrees. After they see the ten plagues. How many of you all remember that in your Bible? The ten plagues and the Passover and the angel of death and the, and the frogs and whatever else it was. And he turns the water to blood, and then he lets them go. And then you'll see that the people start to go with Moses. And they start to, they, uh, they start to go, and they start to um, be on this journey, if you will. Somebody say journey. They start to go on this journey, and God's trying to get them to learn some stuff in this journey. And every opportunity, if you read it, they're just complaining about the journey. They're literally stuck. They've seen God's hand move. And then they're stuck at the sea thinking, oh, man, you've brought us out here to die. God was trying to get them to learn how to trust him, and they were just picking up complaining. God wants us to pick up faith in some seasons and not pick up complaining. And what happened was they start to, and then God would split the sea, and, and they would walk on the water. And they, they had this opportunity to enjoy this moment. Think about it. 
This story would be told for thousands of years in every church and every nursery and every kid's church. And they were the ones that could be walking through the water and marveling at what God is doing. But as soon as they got out and things got bad again, they started complaining again. And every time things get rough, we, we can either start to say, all right, Lord, I trust you. I'm enjoying this process. What can, I, what can I get out of this? Or we can start complaining. Oh, man, this sucks. Oh, this is terrible. I just have to laugh a lot, to be honest with you, when it comes to our kids. And sometimes they're just absolutely freaking out, losing their marbles. And I'm just like, well, I got two options here. This is an opportunity for me to be like Jesus or it's an opportunity for me in my anger, I can start sinning and just be rough and be irrational and just like them. How many of you know our kids need us to have control of our emotions when they're losing control of theirs? And it's something we're all gonna battle with, right? In our marriages and everything else. And the Lord was telling me like, hey, be present in the moment. In James 4, 14, such a good scripture, so encouraging. <laughs> we could put that up. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Whoa. Isn't that sobering? You are, the other translations for some of you would know better would say you are, your life is a vapor. I don't know if you have an old diffuser at your house. You got a crunchy mom somewhere in your life. Some of you know what that means. Not all of you, obviously. But you've seen that mist that literally just comes and it just dissipates. And it's just gone. And he's saying, hey, just like that, this is so encouraging, right? Say with me. He's saying your life is just gone. And what is he trying to say? Hey, you need to start to learn how to find joy in the process, find faith in the process, get to get from God what he's trying to get to you on this side of heaven. And learn it quickly, learn it fastly. And he's saying, man, your life will be here and gone. Some of us, we're not, guys, we're not promised tomorrow. We don't have all day to wait for the next season to come. We got to learn how to be present in this season and pull out the gold in this season. In this season, I'm getting to see my girls uh, do this My Lighthouse song, and they want to dance, and they, they want to dance like ballerinas, and they're goofy as can be. And I don't even know where Elena got some of these dance moves. She's throwing her head back and falling over stuff. I'm like, what in the world? Who? Maddie doesn't dance like that. Maybe it's Carter. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> no, he's a 15-year-old boy. He's doing the gritty or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does. If I had a dollar for every time he did that, I'd be rich. So, but I got a 15-year-old and he can't drive right now. And I'm like, man, I can't wait till he drives. But hey, and then there's going to be some there's going to be some challenges that come with that season. I'm going to be wishing probably he couldn't drive. You know? And so what am I trying to say is like there's some I can be present in this moment and I can say, man, what is good about this season of my life? Or I can wish it away, man, I can't wait till this next season is over. Whew, I can't wait till we get 50 years old and we can travel the world. Or I could say, man, God, I thank you for this season of my life. I thank you so much that you've given me. Come on, guys, especially with our kids. How many of you know that not all people can, people struggle to have children? I know it's just quiet in here now because it's, it's reality. And I want to be present. I want our church to be present in this season of our church as well. In this season of our church, at this part of the growth of this church, that we're not, you know, 
One day our church will have 500 people or one day we'll have this event going on or blah, blah, blah. But what is God doing now? He's saving people. Kids are getting baptized. People are growing. People are finding freedom. I'm going to be excited about what he's doing now. And he's doing so much. Just to let you guys know, Pastor Joe and Trisha, I think they have like 35 more kids than were down here that are going to camp. <laughs> I think they have 50? 42 kids that are going. It's awesome. You know, I remember when I, I think we took 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or 13. And just learning that like taking 12 wasn't less than taking 40. Like there was something that God wanted us to celebrate in every season of life that we're in. And he's saying, Michael, and he's saying to our church, would you be present in this season of your life and in this season of this church? Would you be present? Would you celebrate? Would you be a part of what God's doing? Amen? So it, the Israelites were in the desert, and they were in a season, guys. Check this out. They were in a season of literally a cloud by day and a fire by night was leading them. God was bringing manna from heaven and meat. I mean, they were living in a, a literal miracles every day. And imagine, God was saying, wow, you, we could look back at that and hopefully we would think that we would be the ones excited about it. Man, this is awesome. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> look at the fire. God's in the fire. Well, look at the cloud. Oh, wow. Look at the, the manna. This is incredible. God was trying to teach them how to trust him in the desert. And they weren't getting it. They didn't get it. <laughs> they continued to fail the test over and over and over again. So let me bring you to this next scripture, another, another point. So how do we be present in the moment? Um, one of the things that will help us, um, I, I think two things. One thing, you can write this down, is realistic expectations. Say it with me. Realistic expectations, right? So if I go on a trip three, four hours away with my kids, I'm gonna try to have realistic expectations, if one of them acts wild and doesn't want to be in the car that long, that's a realistic expectation I can prepare myself for, right? I want to have realistic expectations of, of my life and our family and our kids at their age. I want to have expectations of my children for what age that they are. Does that make sense? It will help you when you have realistic expectations to learn how to be grateful in the moment. The second thing is we got to learn how to pick up gratitude and pick up thankfulness in every season. That song, You're Worthy, is a perfect song to rewire your mind when the enemy's trying to tell you this season is terrible. This season's horrible. Maybe one day we'll get past it and I'll move on. Maybe we'll have the bigger house. I'll have the different job. And instead of, hey, beside that hospital bed, you are worthy. Said so all this stuff, God, you're, you're worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise, that you can find me grateful. I'm telling you guys, gratefulness and thankfulness will unlock the gift and beauty of every season. Thankfulness will lead you to contentment. It will literally lead you. How, how many of you know it's really hard when you're feeling discontent to start being thankful and stay that way? 
God, I thank you for these kids. I thank you for their help. I thank you for what's going on. I thank you that I have a job right now. God, I thank you for this part of my life. I thank you for my marriage. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you bled for me. I thank you that you rose. God, there's always something that I can tune my heart into thankfulness and I can be okay in every season. And I can rejoice in every season. Like that verse talks about being uh, rooted and planted by the river, right? It's like an evergreen tree. How many of you know, I believe the Lord in every season is not, let me say it this way. I believe there's never a season where God's saying, you're supposed to lose fruit this season. You're supposed to lose your joy this season. That's the season you're in. You're in the season of losing your joy. You're in the season of losing your peace. That's just where you're at. No, no, no. I believe there's a place in Christ that we can always bear fruit in every season. In every season. Did you hear what I'm saying? In every season, there's an opportunity where we're saying, no, he's saying, you can yoke up with me and you can bear the fruit of my spirit in every season. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I was talking to Maddie. I said, I I think the reason why even some of us, we've been so weak in the past because we haven't had any joy. And the reason why we don't have joy a lot of times is because we're frustrated with the season. Come on. Thank you. Man, I just want to say, Blake, I just love you, man. I honor you, bro. I love you. I honor you so much, man. I see your family. I see you playing drums. Some people might be thinking, man, these drums are loud. And I know what I'm thinking. I'm over here thinking, man, this guy wasn't even serving Jesus this guy was wild back in the day. We weren't even friends. I was telling Maddie, I said, you know, you didn't want to mess with Blake Hunt back in the day. Blake Hunt was crazy. <laughs> I'm just telling you, he was wild. You don't want to mess with him. You didn't want to fight him. And every time I see him up here, I'm just like, man, come on, Jesus, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> something happened with our sound during worship. Sound like, I don't know, sound like a TV or something went off. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can complain. I can just be, no, thank you, Lord, for this day. <laughs> thank you that we have this system. Thank you that we have people to volunteer. Thank you that we have people that will be here early and stay late. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Thank you that these people are, are worshiping God and they're excited to be here. And I know it's not a competition, but our worship team is amazing. Incredible. I'm telling you, I travel and I go to other churches. I go to conferences. I go to big and small things. And man, every time, sometimes I get back home and I sit in a set like today, I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is so good. And Nathan's just leading, and it's just genuine, you know? Just genuine. So we want to be present. Amen. We want to be thankful. Somebody say thankful. Let's just do that right now. Say thank you, Jesus. For loving me. I just really want to say that again before I move on. There's not a season where God is calling you to lose fruit. Ever. Ever. There's going to be hard times. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But he's saying you can bear fruit in those times with me. Amen. Like I don't have to lose my I don't have to lose my crap, for lack of better words. Because, well, my kids are just wild right now, and this is the season I'm in. I lose my crap. My job's really tough right now. I'm going through some hard things. I'm just in a bad place. And I'm not saying you don't get in bad places. I'm saying that God is saying that you can still bear fruit in those places with him, by him, and through him. Amen?
and he'll carry you. Somebody say, carry me. He'll carry you through some things. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, rejoice always. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> Pray continually, which is another one for some interpretation here. And love with this next verse says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of you know it doesn't say all circumstances are God's will for you in Christ Jesus? But it does say, what is God's will for you? You know how you can know God's will in every circumstance? Being thankful. God is not necessarily at times, and I'm not saying that sometimes, you know, obviously God allows everything to happen in our lives. But I will go ahead and say this. A lot of times you've placed yourself in seasons that God never wanted you to be in. And then we're asking, then we're mad at God for not doing something that he's like, I don't have nothing to do with this. I remember when I first started, when I got out of jail and we had to go back to court and start trying to get custody of Carter and, and it was rough and it was a long process. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and I was like, God, when is this gonna change? When are things gonna move? I remember the Lord speaking to me and saying, Mike, this is, you got yourself in a really bad place. It's gonna take time. Isn't that, remember if it's from him, I want it. You know what I mean? And sometimes the guys that are from the centers will be like, Man, I'm trying to get my kids, you know, and they'll come to me for some hope. And I'm like, well, you never know. It might take seven to eight years. <laughs> but in those seven to eight years, God's trying to impart something to you that you couldn't get any other time. I tell you what, it kept me humble and continues to to this day. The second thing we really want to talk about is really learning to pass the test that God has placed in front of you in your life. Exodus 13, 17, it says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them. I love this part. God did not lead them. I want to point out one thing to you. Along the way, the main road that runs through Philistine, Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Stop. God says, I didn't take them the shortest way. If the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds. How many of you know God was trying to do what was best for them, not what was fastest for them? It, I mean, that's clear. That's some good extra Jesus. He didn't take them the fastest way because he knew their hearts and he knew, no, they're probably gonna fold. So I'm gonna take them the longer route. And how many of you know, I love, I was listening to Julian Adams recently. He said such a good word. And this is from him. I think maybe Bill Johnson said it. You want to write this down. He says, sometimes if you're waiting, if you're having a delayed answer from God, a delayed promise from God, he says, you can do one or two things. He said, you can fall into hopelessness and discontentment, or you can step into increased expectation. Isn't that good? So if you're waiting on something to shake, you can be hopeless, you can be discontent, you can complain, or you can ask God to increase expectation. I want to say that, that God is going to move again mightily. God is moving now in, in infancy form, but God is going to move in a mature form all over our nation. And we want to, um, we want to be ready for it. We want to be ready for what he's going to do. I want to be positioned for what he's going to do. And, and God's saying, hey, I'm not going to take you on the fastest route. I'm going to take you on the best route. 
God's not going to take you on the fastest route. He's trying to take you on the best route. I remember I had a job. I've talked about this many times. But I was like, God, I want a different job. I just got saved. I was like, I don't need to get out of this job. I don't want to work here. I don't want to be here. And it took me a year and a half at that job before I found uh, something else. But there were some things God was getting to me in that season that I couldn't have got if he just would have took me out of. And he told me that. Mike, if I go ahead and give you more comfort now, it won't be good for you. I love a quote from KB. It says, who's in more danger, the comfortable or the persecuted? Whew. Did you hear what I said? Who's in more danger, the comfortable or the persecuted? He talked about in other nations around the world that are dealing with what we call a conflict a zone. Like if you go to Iran, for example, we, we've been connected with Pastor Dan Reynolds. His parents are uh, overseas in the Middle East. And, and you go to these conflict zones where the gospel is dangerous to live for your faith. It's dangerous to stand up for the gospel. And guess what? The church is strong in those areas. And then you go to more of American eras where it's very comfortable. We can go out on the street. We can have our gathering times. Like There are people around the world risking their lives on Sunday mornings to gather with the body of believers. And in America, most of us still can't make up our mind if we're going to come. And he's saying... <laughs> And in, in when there's conflict, it's usually when people get strong. But when there's a lot of comfort, it doesn't do anybody any good. Because I'd love to tell you that everyone in this room learns so much when we're comfortable, but it's usually not it. God's going to get us uncomfortable to try to work on our character and work on our lives to mature us up into him because he has something he wants to take us to. He wants us to, be, to influence our city, to influence our nation, and he needs a mature bride. Amen? And he's not interested in taking you the fastest route. Some people think, man, I'm, I need to work on my marriage. It's not a quick fix, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to have some tension. It's supposed to have, take some work. It's supposed to take some tenacity to fight for something. You gotta fight. Instead of fighting each other all the time, you gotta learn how to fight for each other. You gotta start to reposition ourselves to fight the enemy himself and not each other. But it's not something that's gonna happen quickly. It's not something that's supposed to. It's something that's gonna be built over time and over years. And we're gonna learn things, right? And... Um, I want to say, too, that um, whatever lessons or tests that God is trying to get in front of you, if you don't pass them, you'll have to retake them. You'll see this with the Israelites. How many of you know that it was an 11-day journey to get the Israelites to the promised land, but it took them 40 years? God intended for them to get there in 11 days, but because of what? Because of their lack of faith. They could not go there. But how many of you know when that 40 years later went by, they had another opportunity to go up into the promised land, to put the scouts out again and to believe God in faith. And that's what Joshua, they would come out and they would charge the Israelites and say, hey, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So what happened? They failed the test and guess what? They were met with the same one. Right? And they, listen, this is what gets scary. You can fail tests of your character, of issues in your life, and then be in the wilderness for 40 years God never wanted you to be in. And let me make it, let me make it simple. If you have authority issues in your life, you will continue to be met with authority for the rest of your life in the church. 
if you've had authority issues as a little kid and it's really bothered you and it's messed you up and I get it, welcome to the club. And then you had authority issues at school and you had somebody who mistreated you and I'm not downplaying any of that. But if you've never learned how to submit under anybody and come under any type of thing, I'm telling you, you'll continue to be met with that over and over and over again. Because God will show you that there actually are some good pastors out there. There actually are some good churches out there. There actually are some good leaders out there that God has appointed and anointed, that want to care for you, that want to shepherd you. How many of you have learned, if we would be bold, that our pastors and people in this church actually care for you and want to help you? Would you raise your hand? Come on, somebody. And some, most of that time, it looks like us telling you something maybe you did not maybe want to hear. But remember, if it was from Jesus, you wanted to hear it. When we say, hey, you guys need to do that marriage coaching. Hey, I want you to work on this anger stuff with your kids. Hey, I want you to do these things. We want to see you grow up in the Lord. We don't want you to continue to come to the same test that God is trying to get you to pass when you were 10 or when you were 20. If you struggle with insecurity and identity issues, God will continue to put you around confident people in the Lord. You will continue to find yourself in front of a confident person in the Lord if you're struggling with those type of things. If you're struggling with, I'm not good enough and I, I'm, I gotta perform for people to like me and I need people's approval, you will continue to have opportunities where things get, <laughs> you'll have opportunities where you're not good at something and you're around somebody who's better than you at it. And then you'll be thinking, okay, I'm not, they're not better than me. And then what will happen? And then you'll get faced with that same test again. And you'll get, you'll get faced with it again. If me and Maddie don't get a hold of the intimacy now, and I'm telling you guys, I'm learning how to cherish my wife now. And I'm working on it. That's what God's really trying to get to me right now. He's saying, Mike, I have a marriage for you that's available in your 20s that I don't want you to get when you're 40. And I'm not saying we won't grow up and get better, but God, I mean, God is saying, I got some big things. I got some maturity and some intimacy with your wife that you can get a hold of now. If you want to, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll be selfless, if you'll be sacrificial. He's saying, you don't have to wait till you're 50 and realize, man, 20 years of marriage, it was hard and it was rough because I wouldn't listen to the Lord. And then know what will happen? In 20 years, I'll be met with the same thing when the pastor says, go to marriage coaching. Because I wouldn't do it when I was 20. And God's saying, hey, I'm not interested in you having a ministry. I'm not interested in you having anything or pop. I'm interested in you growing up in me. And I will do whatever it takes to see you grow and mature in the Lord. And that usually doesn't happen when we're comfortable, church. It happens when we're being stretched. I remember I walked out of a court case one day that I lost and I was completely just boom, wrecked. I'm thinking, man, I had so many people praying, so many people saying I was gonna do these things, so many people, and none of it happened. Right? But guess what there was in that season? There was an opportunity for me to learn how to trust the Lord truly. And I had no other option. I mean, I did have another option. I could just be mad at God. I could complain. I could be discontent. Or I'd just say, you know what, Lord, I, I love you. And you know what? I don't understand, but you're worthy. You're worthy. And I'll never stop singing your praise. And I'll always be thankful. God, I thank you for the season of my life right now that I'm in. And if you're trying to teach me humility, Lord, I receive it in this season. 
You know why? Because I don't want to keep learning it. I don't know if some of y'all were here. Sometimes, oh man. I remember when I blew my nose on the microphone here. Anybody remember that? <laughs> Luckily, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> it I could have got humbled a lot worse. But I remember thinking, I remember Jim Nike was out here, and, and Jared came into the back room, and he was like, dude, they just heard that. It's so loud. And not to mention that, I did it twice. I had the headset on. I was in the back room, and I blew my nose like a nasty, you know, hay fever fall sneeze or whatever. And I did it again, boom. And Jared comes back, dude, everybody just heard that. And then Pastor Daryl told me like, he was up here trying to have like a real spiritual moment too. Like God is moving in this place. And my first thought was like, oh God, why do you have to humble me today? Seriously. I was like, I'm trying to be humble enough. And he's like, nah, there's more. I'm like, dang it. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was at uh, Ohio County uh, School. I was giving a talk to the kids about drug addiction and things. And one of the kids at the end of the day, wish it would have been sooner at the day. I don't know if you even remember this, Amy. And one of the kids in front of the whole class, he was a little smarty pants. He said, he raised his hand for a question. He didn't have a question. I said, hey, what's your question? Hey, your zipper's down. in front of everyone and then it's awkward because you know I have to I can't just be like not worried about it right now I have to like turn around and like okay and then the whole they all start dying laughing because it's middle school now I'm being roasted by middle scores and I'm here in my calling I'm here to talk about what God's done for my life and talk of my testimony look at me zippers down dummy and this kid, and it was so funny because you could tell I got, I got embarrassed. And he, he even felt bad a little bit. Hey, I wasn't trying to be mean. I was like, shut your mouth. Boy, they, you knew, I seen the look, a smirk on your face as soon as you said that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm telling you, you know what I'm trying to do now? I'm trying to, every opportunity, there's an opportunity for me to be humble. I'm trying to take that opportunity. Okay, how can I humble myself? How can I humble myself? Because how many of you know the Bible says if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. But if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to stay low. <laughs> I want to stay low, please. <laughs> but I'm learning. And I'm getting something in this season. God's got stuff for me in this season. And you know what it looks like? It looks like me putting everything down, putting my phone on personal and playing bluey cards with mercy. It looks like me not body slamming my son sometimes. <laughs> All of them. Actually, they kind of like it. Um, it looks, I'm going to tell you, it, it's humbling when you go to the gym with your son and he's stronger than you in areas. And I can be insecure. Boy, when I was your age, I could pick up that. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> That's a lie anyways. I couldn't pick up that weight. <laughs> I'm still stronger than in my chest and my arms. See, I had, I had to tell you guys that. You know, I'm like, and I'm learning to be excited. Man, awesome. I, we were leaving the gym the other day. I said, bro, you look good, man. Thanks, though. I can be insecure. Well, I'm older than you. Other kids, you know what I mean? There's just no point. Or I can get what I'm trying to get in this season. I can humble myself and, and be excited that my son's going to be strong and he can whoop your son. 
Carter's so nice. He's like, no thanks. Just kidding. We can laugh a little bit, right? I know I've been talking about pretty serious stuff this morning, but we can laugh. It's okay. It's all right. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But what I'm trying to say, guys, hey, let's not get stuck in wilderness that God didn't want us in. And you'll find yourself trying to come to the same test again and again and again. And God's trying to get you. I'm telling you. Some people have jumped from church to church to church to church to church because they keep getting met with authority and they will not submit under anything. And guess what? You're going to continue to have that happen the rest of your life. Amen. Man, I was sitting around a, a, a coffee table with two mighty men of God this past weekend. You know what the devil's sitting there doing and whispering in my ear? You're not near good enough as these guys. <laughs> Especially when you're with Julian Adams and he'll come up and read people's mail and just prophesy amazing. I just like, I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And then there's this, there's this draw to prove myself when I'm sitting with them. I got something to give too. I got something, to, I, I got a fresh revelation too. I got, and all of, guys, every bit of trying to prove yourself is rooted in being an orphan. No matter what it looks like, I don't have to prove myself. And even he was asking me, hey, Mike, if you got something to share, you come up and you can share it. And I, I could feel uh, myself wanting to strive. And I was just like, man, no, I'm good. I don't even wanna give any room for this. I'm, I'm cool, dude, I'm just here. I don't, I don't care how I'm perceived. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not, I don't care. I'm just going to do what's best for my heart right now. And I'm just here to receive, dude. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I know y'all might try to honor me. I'm just, I'm just trying to receive, bro. He's like, hey, Mike, come down here and help with the prayers. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to receive the prayer. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't drive all the way down here to try to help with the prayer team. I'm trying to down here to receive from the Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's what I'm trying to get in this season. So what am I saying? Be teachable now. Find freedom now. Get the marriage help now. Get the parenting help now. Get counseling. You ready? Get counseling now. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest needs I'm seeing in the church right now is people needing some legitimate counseling. Us as pastors, we're not counselors, guys. Some of you are thinking, well, I just need to start meeting with my pastor. No, you don't. You need some actual counseling. We're not board certified counselors. A lot of you need trauma therapy and you need some professional who loves the Lord. We have amazing people in our church with Lauren Early and she's got people she can point you to, but man, get the help you need now. Get the freedom you need now. Go through freedom groups. Some of you need to do it again because you weren't open when you went through it the first time. Go again. Get a hold of what God's trying to get to you now. Don't wait till you're 55 years old and you're still trying to understand who you are in Christ. Amen. Don't wait till your marriage is crumbling and then try to pick it, pick it all back up. And let me say this, God can pick it up. We have some amazing testimonies in this house and we will fight for you. We will fight for your marriage and we will fight for your family in this church. We will. We'll hunt you down and love you. <laughs> some are like, oh my gosh, what are they gonna do? We're gonna love you. But we're going to edify you, you know? It's, it's just good, man. It's good. Um, man. Yesterday, Maddie, I invite, Maddie corrects me. I had to apologize to Carter again last week. I don't even know what it was about, to be honest with you. I was just, uh, what were we doing? Oh, we were out of town. 
on our big spiritual trip, and here I am being rude to my son. I had to go back in front of Carter or Dan and say, hey, dude, I'm sorry. That wasn't right. You know? Get a hold of it. How about this? Say some apologies now. Say some apologies now. Make some things right now and move forward. Amen? Or we'll continue to meet that same test. So I'll kind of close with this. It's 12-12, glory to God. It's prophetic. It's probably not, but <laughs> the real prophetic people think it is. You never, you never know. Who knows? Um, some of you are like, what's the prophetic? Stick around. So character is built. I just want to say this. Your character is built through testing. It's not built through comfort. I'm not building any type of comfort. I'm not building any type of character when I'm at the YMCA in the hot tub. I am resting and recovering and having a blast, but there's no character being built. Character's being built when the daughter says, no, I'm not doing that. No, I don't want to go. No, I won't put that back. When I'm met with friction in my marriage, when I'm met with hard things at the church and I choose just to not freak out on people, <laughs> that's how the character's being built. Look at Psalms 105, 19, and we'll close with this. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, talking about Joseph, the Lord tested Joseph's character. The only way for you to grow in character and maturity is for you to be tested. Surprise. So encouraging this morning. This morning. But it says the Lord tested. I, I know, I'll be honest with you, I was just looking through Google for verses that kind of went with this, and I, never, I don't even remember this verse. But the Lord tested Joseph's what? His ability? No. His gifting? No. His anointing? No. His character. His integrity. And you remember Joseph was the one who passed the test. Let me just, this is a whole other sermon. I won't go there today. Maybe. Joseph kept passing tests and kept, and it kept taking a long time. He was faithful in Potiphar's house and then he was in the jail and then he gave the dream, do you remember? And then the guy forgot about him. He did seven more years after still being faithful. And then, somebody say and then. And then God took him to the palace. But first he had to pass a whole lot of tests on his character. He wouldn't have got to the palace, ladies and gentlemen, without the, 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 the work on his character. And I love, I was listening to Chris Valentin. Thanks, Latricia sent me a message I heard a few years ago. And he said something like, uh, you know, between uh, the prison and the palace was a place called the journey and the process. <laughs> the promise. Excuse me, I don't know. You say it. There you go. I don't think that's right either. Between the promise and the palace was, is the process. Yeah, go watch him. It was really good. Long story short, there's, there's a process you've got to go through. And in that process, God has given you the opportunity not to lose fruit. He's trying to get you to pick up thankfulness, pick up gratitude, be, be present in the moment, put the phone down, be present of what God's doing in our church, be, be present of what God is doing in our nation. How many of you know it's real simple to get on the news and just be really distraught about everything the devil's doing in our nation instead of seeing what all God is doing? 
God is still building his church. He's still saving, healing, and delivering people all over the United States, and he's gonna continue to forever. Nothing can stop his kingdom advancement. Zero. Never has, never will. So, um, slow down. Um, Some of us are looking, we want more authority in the kingdom. We want more authority in the miraculous. We want more authority in God using our lives. I'm telling you, if you don't pass the test God is trying to get you to, you won't step into those places of authority. You just won't. God's been talking to me a whole lot lately about consecration. How consecration leads to power. Just being separate from the world. It's something he's trying to get. Listen to me. God's trying to get me to get a hold of consecration in my, in my early 30s, not in my 50s. He's saying, Michael, would you come out and be separate? Would you, would you burn for me? Would you come out a little deeper in the waters? Would you come out now? And I can slowly get there. I can run and jump at him. I can be tired. Whatever it is. How many of you know he still loves me? He still loves me. He's going to never stop loving me. There's some things I want to get to my, there's some things I want to impart to Carter before he gets to college, amen? There's some lessons I want him to learn now and not then. So could we stand? Our prayer team come. If we could just get some piano, we don't really need a whole team today. Praise the Lord. Oh, I just want to pray for you. For a moment, can we, even the prayer team, can we just close our eyes? And can we just lift our hands to heaven just so you can put them out in front of you to see? Just lift your hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. We can turn that up a little bit if possible. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just rest in his goodness for a moment. His grace that empowers us to walk out his word, his mercy <laughs> that forgives us, that loves us anyways. And I just want everybody in this room, just ask the Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to give me in this season? Are you trying to teach me how to trust you? Are you trying to teach me how to work on my marriage? Are you trying to teach me how to be grateful for my children? Are you trying to teach me to fall in love with the job I have now? To thank you for the blessings that I do have? What are you trying to give me in this season? Let me just pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. God, I pray that you'd give your people the grace and the power to walk it out by your spirit, Lord, to be grateful, to have hearts of gratitude and thankfulness, that we would be present in the moment. Lord, that you would help us to pass the test and the, the, the test of our character that you're trying to get us to build, that we pass these tests now, that we would continue to be met with testing of our character and we would have integrity in the body of Christ, Lord, that integrity would rise up here at the Father's house in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're a merciful God. Mm. The Bible says your mercies are brand new every morning today's a new day of mercy a fresh start to start over thank you lord you're so good you don't give up 
gosh, I just really hear that strongly in my heart. Fresh start, a fresh start. There's no shame in a fresh start with him. No shame. Father, would you just bless your people? And right now, just every eye closed, just really quickly. If you're here today and you're like, man, I need salvation. I need to give my life to Jesus. I, wanna, I believe he died for me on the cross. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he rose from the grave so I could have newness of life and spend eternity with him. I believe I'm a sinner in need of his grace and his mercy. If that's you, say, I need salvation today. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I just want to give a moment before we leave. I don't want to miss anybody. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If that's you, just lift your hand. Anybody else? I just want to give you a moment. And then after this, I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask you to do something pretty bold. If you need to give your life to Jesus before you leave, I want you to, or you can come now. Just go ahead and come to the front and meet with one of our prayer team. They'd love to pray with you and help you. Let's get a good understanding of the gospel and pray with you to receive Jesus. So if you need to do that, please, before you go, today is the day. Amen. If you need healing in your body and if you just need prayer, if this message really spoke to you and you're like, man, this really ministered to my heart and you just want somebody to help pray with you through anything, please come before you go. Our, our altars are open. Our prayer team is uh, equipped and available just to bless you. It's all confidential down at these altars. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Come on. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Do you need prayer? I'll go with you. Come on, say it again. I'll go with you. Bless you guys. Awesome. Can you just grab the hand of your neighbor real quick? And I just want you to do a a 15-second blessing on their family out loud. Ready, go. Lord, bless their family. It's that simple. Don't overthink it. Lord, bless their marriage, bless their kids, bless their jobs, bless their hearts, bless their freedom, bless everything. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning at the Father's house? Happy Father's Day once again. Grab you a dad's root beer on your way out. Ma'am, we will figure out that wheelbarrow. Bless you, we love you. And please, the altars are open. If you need prayer, please come down. We love you guys. Have an awesome week.